0: Hey guys, welcome to the Join Me for Coffee podcast, where every week I bring you daily life conversations and recommendations, including freebies, tips, tricks, and apps. So let's have a chat. I'll imagine we're actually having a cup of coffee and a nice real-world, real-life conversation. My name is Mauricio, and I'm your host. I've lived and worked in four different countries, have traveled the world, and have a lot of valuable insights to share with all of you. Hopefully, what you'll learn in this podcast will help you achieve your dreams or goals, or even just encourage you to reflect or have a laugh. Hey guys, so today let's talk about why products fail. And let me just start by saying and acknowledging that in the modern world, anyone can easily create a product, a service, or a business. It's not like it was in the old days where you needed a huge investment, you needed to set up a shop, or you even needed to have development skills or be a developer to actually create something, right? Those days are long gone, right? Like today, anyone can very quickly set up a landing page, buy a domain name. You don't need to have a huge amount of money to set up or start a product or a service. Actually, you don't need to have any money at all you don't even need to pay for a domain name there's a lot of free services out there you can create a standalone product digital product which you can set up on places like gumroad and a ton of other websites and applications that allow you to sell your product and service for free without you having to pay for a membership or a subscription or make any upfront investment they basically allow you to put up your product And they'll just take a percentage of the sale when you actually, when and if you actually make a sale. Now, that is a great model, obviously, because it allows anyone to set up shop very quickly without, like I mentioned, having to have very specific skills or make a specific amount of investment. Now, in the past, you wanted to set up a product or create something. Sometimes you needed to be a developer, but nowadays there's just such a huge amount of no code. Options and tools and applications out there and this is a huge trend that I continue to see You know escalate and grow where there's less and less of a requirement for you to know how to code for you to be able to create Something now that obviously is really cool because it opens the door to a ton of people that before were not able to enter the market because they didn't have those technical skills that were required to create a product or a service now, obviously, I'm not saying that there aren't any products today or nowadays that still require coding or development skills. Obviously, there are. And obviously, there's still a huge amount of opportunities out there for developers and people with technical skills. And obviously, they do have sometimes an advantage in creating those products and services. But what I'm trying to say is that you don't need to have those those technical skills or the development skills to set up shop and start selling something today. Now, here's the thing, right? Sometimes people think the hard thing is creating and making a product. Like I just mentioned a moment ago, there's just so many different tools and apps out there which don't even require you to know coding skills and that can help you set up a product, an application, or a website in minutes or seconds that that doesn't and has stopped being the hard part. And in reality, when you think about it, it's never actually been the hard part. The hard part comes after that. The hard part is selling, selling recurrently and continuously and surviving, right? Because 90% of businesses don't survive past the first year. And of those that survive the first year, 90% make it to year five. So we're talking about that 90% of the 90% that survive the first year only make it to year five. So the mortality rate of new businesses is huge, right? And I see this all the time. And that's why you see indie hackers, creators, makers, all the time launching new products and services. And then you might look at them a year from now, and they will have nothing, right? Uh, Or they might still be live, but they will have no engagement, no sales, no content. And there's lots of reasons why those products have failed. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, right? And... Obviously, there's not just one reason why a product can fail. There's a ton of different reasons why they can fail. But like I mentioned, some of them include not having enough traction, not being able to build an audience, not being able to provide customers with excellent quality of service, not being able to provide an outstanding experience, not being able to provide value and a differentiator versus what already exists in the market not having market fit, not being able to provide and solve and troubleshoot issues for customers, not being able to provide quick responses and outstanding quality in customer service, not being able to process payments. Like I still see people that set up products and services that don't even test the payment solution and then the payment gateway, and then you're trying to pay for the product and it just doesn't work, right? or it's not a seamless experience, or it's not a clear experience. All of these things causes product, cause products to fail. Like if you can't get the fundamentals and the basics and the essentials right, then you're gonna have issues growing your product, growing your service, growing your business, and surviving that year one and year five, right? You're not gonna make it to year one and very, uh, l- and very less likely you're gonna make it to year five. If you can't even get the fundamentals of product management in place, well, you're not gonna succeed. And that's why there's so many products, like I mentioned, and so many makers and applications that don't even make it past year one, right? And I often see also products that have this huge spike. You know, they might launch in Product Hunt and there might be some momentum on Twitter or, you know, on Reddit or whatever, uh, And their friends and colleagues or whatever might be helping them spread the word. And then you might see a peak in sales, you know, and they might have a significant amount of sales in a short period of time. And then you'll see the curve go down, and then they'll struggle to continue to make recurring sales over a long and prolonged period of time, right? And that's why we're talking about today about this very important concept, because we want to help those makers, those creators, those developers, those creatives, those people who are launching new products, entrepreneurs, understand what they need to get right to be able to have successful products in the market. And I'm going to be talking about two specific examples today, case studies. And let's start with the first one. I want to talk about Drotion, which is this really cool application that allows you to set up landing pages within minutes by using Notion. And the cool thing about this product is that you don't need to have any design skills or any technical skills. You can very quickly and easily set up a website, a landing page, by using Drotion, which leverages on Notion and integrates seamlessly with Notion. Now, I find this really cool. And when I saw this product, I had a lot of, you know, excitement about it. I thought this is really cool. I think it's a really good concept. And it just got my attention. It just got my attention because this is something that solves a need that I have, right? I need to set up a landing page and I need to set up websites and applications and just a place for us to showcase different products and services that we have. And normally and typically we use WordPress for this because it's very easy to set up. You know, it allows us to leverage on templates, free, paid, whatever. And um, But Notion has also become quite popular to do this. And one of the things I didn't like about Notion doing this on Notion is that you can't normally use custom domain names. And sometimes there weren't any, like, templates like ready to use to set up a website or it wasn't like a, I guess I couldn't find one in all solution that allowed us to do this. and then I came across notion which like I said pretty much meets and satisfied satisfies our business need, which is good, which is great. great for us, great for them, win-win you know, happy customer, happy company, they make money, you know we satisfy a business need that we have. Now here's the thing, right? And I'm going to talk about some specific things that can cause Droshan to fail, right? Because there's a lot of excitement and engagement with the product because it recently launched. But obviously, if some of these things are not solved, then the product is not going to be sustainable into the future. Now, one of those first things I want to talk about is the domain name. So they're using Droshan.xyz. Now, .xyz is a very, very not mainstream domain name, right? If I were going to give this domain name, uh, not the name, but the domain extension, I guess, the the ending of the domain, if I was going to give this URL a rating from 1 to 10, I'd probably give this a 2, right? Because .xyz is not mainstream at all. If some people saw this, you know, .xyz, they might think like it's a joke, they might think it's something suspicious, a dodgy thing, a dodgy website, a, a spammy website. So they might not even click on it just because they see .xyz, right? So they might Google Drotion or uh, they might be looking and Googling more than Droshan because Drotion is not something they're going to be Googling unless somebody's told them about it. So people will be Googling something more like uh, create a landing page on Notion or uh, set up landing pages with Notion. Something like that, along those lines, right? And if they see and set up something, enter those keywords in in Google, and they see a website called Droshon.xyz come up in the search results, well, it's unlikely they're gonna click on that if they think it's suspicious, if they don't think it's legitimate, if it's think if they think it's gonna steal their credit card details, and of course, obviously, there's more non. Technical people out there than technical people. So some technical people might be familiar with the you know domain name extension XYZ But non-technical people I can assure you that if you go and ask You know ten people no, I'm talking about regular people not nine out of ten of those regular Non-technical people nine out of ten of them would have no idea that XYZ is even a domain You know, it's even an ending of a URL right because they're used to seeing the dot-com right you don't see companies and applications like Tesla, Apple, you know, uh, you name it, Salesforce, Atlassian. You don't see any of these huge big names in the industry service now. You don't see them using a .io or a .xyz or a .you know live or a .dot company. They don't use that. They use the.com .com because it's the mainstream, the most popular, and the most widely used of all domain names. Now, the .io is a bit popular in the indie community. But again, are you thinking that the only customers that you have are going to be indie makers or creators? If you are, then that's fine, and that might be a good solution for you. Uh, The .io, of course, is a lot more common, but I wouldn't say it's super mainstream either. Again, because like I mentioned, well, that .io was born out of like iOS, so like an Apple, kind of like a a Mac, Apple type type of ending of a domain name. But... Apple doesn't even use it, right? Like they use .com as well. So it should give you a hint and it should tell you something, right? What I'm trying to say is, this is the type of little thing, I and I say, quote unquote, little thing that can cause products to fail, right? Not having an easy to use URL. Why? Because you're trying to get more customers, more traffic. You want to have something that is memorable, that is easy to remember. Now, the name is pretty good, right? When I think about Droshen. If I was giving that a, uh, a rating from 1 to 10, I'd probably give it a solid 8 or a solid 9. It's a really good name. It's catchy. It's short. It's easy to remember. But the ending .xyz isn't, right? So you need to change that if you want to make sure that your product grows and attracts more potential customers and so forth, right? That's one thing and one of the first things that I want to say about Droshen. The second thing that can cause the product to fail is the landing page itself. Now, you're selling Drosion and you're obviously trying to showcase that Drosion is a really cool product, right? And I think it is. I haven't used it, but from what I've seen, I think it is, right? But then I go to the landing page of Drosion, which was built with Drosion. And if I was rating it from 1 to 10, I'd give it a 5, like a solid 5. I think it's average. I think it's okay. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. It's right in, right there in the middle, right? But you're trying to showcase that Drosion is a really cool application to build landing pages. So your landing page better look really outstanding. It should be at least an eight, right? It should be really exciting, really good, really cool. And I would probably get some really good, you know, images. I would might have like a sliding show, something really exciting, something that looks really good uh, and that is, you know, very modern in the look, very aesthetically pleasing. Like when I look at the drosian page, it's good. Like I mentioned, it's, it's, it's not bad. I don't want to convey that it's bad. It's just not great. Like, right. So this is one of those things that can cause the product to fail, right? Because you're selling landing pages. So your landing page needs to be really, really aesthetically pleasing, really outstanding, really good looking. And I would, You know, do a focus group, talk to a couple of people, show them the website and ask them if they like it, ask them if they think it's great and ask them for feedback on how to improve it, right? This is, again, a concept of product management, focus groups, right? You want to get feedback from your users constantly and regularly, and you want to improve and enhance your products. Even things such as your landing page are super important because that is the first impression that potential customers get from you. So you want to leave a great first impression. Right now, one really good thing that they have in Drosian is the video. They did a short video that explains Drosian, and if I was rating that from one to 10, I'd give that probably like a solid eight or a nine. It's a really good video, you know, it's not a Hollywood type of quality of video, but it's pretty good. You know, it's basic but good, you know, it kind of excites you about the product and it covers the key things about Drosian. And that's really good. I think Drossian also is really good that they are offering like one-off payments and that they have lifetime deals. Like all of these things are big pluses for Drossian, right? Because people love lifetime deals. They love one-off payments. Most people don't want to be paying a recurring subscription. And most people, you know, um, if they have like like I said, a lifetime deal and a one-off payment, well, they're happy customers, right? A lot of our customers in our business buy one of deals from us, and they have lifetime access to our product where they continuously get improvements and enhancements to the products, and that's one of the reasons for our success. So this is also a really big plus and something really good for Drossian. Now, those two things are, like I mentioned when I was talking about the domain name, the ending of the URL, uh, the .xyz, the landing page itself are two quote-unquote little things that can cause a product to fail, right? Like these are things that are going to be putting off customers, potential customers, and that are obviously currently creating less sales, or there are things that are at the moment right now letting that uh, team lose sales because they haven't addressed those two, quote-unquote, little things. Now, the third thing, and this is a small, not small, this is actually a huge thing, a big problem, a very big problem, is that if you try to go to the drosion.xyz website, on firefox using a vpn it doesn't work now i tried doing this today i don't know maybe like 10 times or like 20 times because i wanted to buy Droshan because this was in our business to-do list for today and it didn't work for me i tried this multiple times i tried it you know in several ways and it still didn't work for me it gave me these errors like this is like really big red stop like dodgy thing errors So, obviously, I didn't proceed. Well, I wasn't even able to proceed. I reached out to the Droshen team, and they were quick to respond. And this is a big plus for them. They were quick to respond. They started working on the issue, uh, and they even apologized, which, again, I I think this is really good when you're thinking about, um, you know, your interactions with your customers. But here's the, the other thing that I want to talk about around why products fail. And the next thing is a really big thing about why so many products fail. And it has, to be, it has to do with customer service, customer excellence. Now, I see constantly products and services that fail because the customer service is awful, right? The customer service isn't great. Now, the other thing is, like I said, I was trying to buy the product. I had issues. Most people, if they were going through the process that I went through, they would have just left, moved on to something else, and probably forgotten about it completely. And that's a lost customer. Now, it's three times harder to get a customer to come back than it was to get it there in the first place, right? So you don't want that happening, right? You don't want that happening. Now, obviously, I'm not a typical customer in a lot of ways because I deal with creators, makers all the time. I'm constantly giving feedback to them. I manage different teams. I lead product development. And, you know, I'm used to seeing this type of stuff. I'm used to seeing products and applications fail um, or not meet specific needs. So that's why... Um, you know, I I'd actually return to them, I talked to them, I gave them feedback, but most people wouldn't do this. Like most people wouldn't go to Twitter and reach out to the creator and ask them to fix something or to they just move on to something else, right? So you don't want to lose those potential customers. And here's a couple of other little tips, hints, and pointers for the Drotion team. When they replied to me, their first response was kind of like, Well, we couldn't replicate the issue. So, you know, um, Sorry, kind of like uh, we apologize about it, but try another device, try another browser um, and and try to access this somewhere else because we can't replicate the issue. Now, obviously, this is a poor response and a poor way of handling the issue. And this is one of those things that, again, causes products to fail, right? Like I said, customer excellence is super important. Now, don't get me wrong. The Drossian team were not being disrespectful in any way, and they were not Uh, I guess dismissing uh, my concerns, they were just going kind of like the easy way, right? Like, looks okay for us, something's wrong with you, Uh, do this workaround, right? But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing about it. If a customer comes to you with a complaint, if they're reporting an issue, never dismiss it, right? Like, just think for a second, why would someone waste their time reporting something to you that doesn't exist. Like, who does that, right? Like, nobody does that. If somebody is reporting something to you, if they're coming to you with an issue, obviously there's an issue, right? And obviously you need to look into it, right? Don't dismiss it. Don't discard it. Don't tell them to jump to something else, to use another browser, another device. No, that's not what you should be telling your potential customers. What you should be telling them is, well... First of all, we really apologize about this issue. Can you give us more information about what happened? Can you send us a screenshot, a video? Can you tell us what browser you're using? Uh, What were you doing when this happened? And try to get as much information as you can from the customer so you can pinpoint what happened to them. You can replicate their experience. You can troubleshoot it, fix it, and then come back to them with a solution as fast as you can, right? Because any second you're not attending or resolving the issue, Well, there are potentially other people that are experiencing the same issue, right? Now, not being even able to get to the website is a major thing. Like, this is not a little thing. This is a huge thing. If your website doesn't work and you're selling something and it's sitting on a website and customers can't even access the website, that is an all-hands-on-deck, showstopper, stop everything that you're doing, get your shit together, and fix it. This is a huge thing, right? A massive thing. And like I said, if it's happening to one person, it's probably happening to God knows how many other people. So you want to solve that as quickly as you can. And again, I praise the Drosian team because they were very quick to get on top of this and start working on a solution. I haven't seen them fix it yet. I think they're working on it. Hopefully we'll hear about it soon. And uh, eventually I'm sure they're going to get it sorted so that they don't continue to lose sales. But here's the other thing. They did one thing really good after that. They sent me... A Link to another place where I could buy the product and they said here while we work on the solution Here's how you can buy the product now. That was really good. That's great, right? Like if your customer is trying to buy something and they can't get to it Via channel a well here's channel B, you know Here's channel B and go and buy it now That's good because you're trying to make a sale, right? You're trying to convert that customer, but here's where I would say they could go an extra mile. Right? If your customer is having an issue, if they had a bad experience and you're trying to convert that and make that sale, how about you offer them a discount? How about you say to them, "Hey, we apologize for the inconvenience. We apologize for the issue. Here's a big discount. Here's a coupon code. Here's a, uh, you know, a, a discounted URL. We're going to offer you, you know, 50% off, 30% off." Uh, Or, hey, here's a complimentary access to it. We appreciate your feedback. Thanks for letting us know. And that's a happy customer. You're trying to make that conversion and you're trying to get that customer to become an ambassador, right? And sometimes people don't appreciate and see the value of this because it's sometimes better to lose a sale. And I say lose because if you, let's say, offer a complimentary um, copy of the product to someone, quote unquote, you, you think you might have, thought that you lost the sale, but maybe that person has a big audience, um, maybe that's a customer you want them to have a, you know, positive word of mouth to other potential customers, that's someone that might be, uh, you know, showcasing your product, like there might be reasons why you want to give someone a, a free complimentary offer, but if you don't want to do that, at the very least, for someone who has has experienced, you know, uh, not a, a, not had a great experience... At the very least, you want to offer them a discount. Now, I'll give an analogy on this situation, right? If I go to a restaurant, I go to a restaurant and they serve me shitty food or they take forever to serve me or they provide awful customer service, what do you think is the probability of me returning to the restaurant? What do you think is the probability of a regular customer returning to that restaurant? it's like zero, right? Like in my case, zero. And in a lot of, you know, other people, I think in general, the probability is very low. You're not going to get a recurring customer coming back to your restaurant if you take forever to serve them, if the quality of the food, the aesthetics, how it's presented is not outstanding. And even worse, if you provide not a very good customer service or not a very good experience, right? If you can't solve something, Or if you can't uh, attend to them quickly or, you know, just the overall experience of that person at the restaurant when they're buying your product is something that will lead them to either return to your business or not ever come back. Right. Now, I'll give you, again, a real world example of this situation. I was at a restaurant maybe like six months ago. I can't remember. This is a really fancy, top quality, really, you know, top end restaurant right like a really fancy restaurant and i was there with my wife and we ordered something i can remember we probably it was like a hundred dollar order i can remember 100 120 dollar order it was a big order um and uh you know we were sitting there for like an hour two hours right and they didn't deliver our food and i was like this is really weird like taking forever like something's wrong obviously and I said to my wife, let me just stand up and talk to the manager. Something's not, something's not right. Like, I'm not happy. I'm pissed off. It's taken ages for, for them to serve us. And anyway, I talked to them. And guess what? They had a change of shift right when we were sitting there. And the person that left did not talk to the person that arrived. And they completely were oblivious that we had made an order. Like, the kitchen never received the order. The new person that came in to serve us had no idea that we hadn't received our order, and they had no idea that we had actually made an order. So worse, you know, like kind of like the worst type of scenario that you want you can be in, right? So what happened? You know, the the person that came in, we talked to them, we explained the situation, they apologized, and then they just said, you know, I wasn't expecting them to give us the food for free. Like I, you know, could have cared less, right? Like a hundred bucks here and there, that's nothing for us. You know, (laughs) to be honest, that's really nothing. I could have cared less about the money. It's not about the money. And this is what you as a business owner, as a creator, as a maker, as an entrepreneur, you need to think about this stuff when you're creating products and services, because a lot of times it's not about the money per se, right? Like some people don't care about the money per se. It's about the experience, right? It's about how they feel. It's about your customer service. It's about having a gesture, right? So they had a gesture with us. Because of that bad experience, they gave us a complimentary, free, um, you know, free meal. We didn't pay for it. So we saved, I can't remember, like I said, 100 120 bucks that day. But here's the thing: we, even though we had a bad experience, because they didn't charge us, it kind of outweighed that bad experience. And in the end, because they, you know, they were very nice to us, they apologized, they gave us this complimentary thing you know, we ended up returning to that restaurant and we still go today to that restaurant. So we are still returning customers to that restaurant. Again, like I said, this is no different to tech products and applications and software, whatever it is that you're building, the same concepts and principles apply. The same fundamentals of product management apply, right? Now, moving on to the case study number two, I want to talk about MakerLog. So MakerLog is a really cool Application that allows makers, creators, entrepreneurs to log their daily tasks in a supportive, creative community where people see what you're working on, provide you feedback, praise, and just share an overall kind of experience with one another whilst you're building things. Now, this sounds really cool, right? Well, it is. It is really cool. And that's why they have massive engagement. I came across this website, this application the other day. And I saw that they have very high engagement, and this is really good. Really like the product, really like the, you know, the application, the website. But again, we're talking about why products fail, right? So I'm going to give you several examples of why this product can fail, right? So one of them is there's no register button, right? Like this is basic stuff. Again, product management 101, right? If you go to a portal, a website, an application, and you can't even register on it, how do you think potential customers are going to feel? What do you think is going to happen if a customer tries to register and they can't register? Well, they're not going to come back, right? Like this is, again, fundamentals, basic stuff. So one of my first experiences with GetMakerLog or MakerLog is I couldn't, sorry, GetMakerLog.com is the website name, by the way. Really good domain name. I like the URL, you know, 9 out of 10 on the domain name. Pretty good. Easy to remember. Uses com. Again, a big plus for them for that. But like I said, when I got there and I was trying to register, I couldn't register. I couldn't find the register button. So I clicked on the log- login button, right? which was the only button I could see. And then, again, this is Usability 101. So I click on the login button, and I was expecting to see login details, or set up an account, right, right? Like this is standard, basic, fundamental stuff. Nothing, right? I went to the login page and there was no login or set up an account. So I couldn't find the link to set up an account. Couldn't find it anywhere. Went through the whole website and I was like, where is the, how do people register here? And I thought I was doing something wrong. I just couldn't find it. And I just thought like, seriously, this can't be that difficult to register on this website. And then it hit me. They had this little green thing kind of like in the middle at the top of the portal where it said something like start shipping or something like that, you know, something along those lines. And then if you clicked on that, then that's how you were able to create and set up uh, your account. Now, obviously, that is not intuitive at all. Like people are used to a register button, that's like pretty standard stuff. You know, like I said, this is basic 101 product management. Now, if you want to be the cool guy in the hood, you know, and you want to use, like, buttons that have other names, et cetera, I would still add the register button somewhere. And, obviously, the login also has to have, uh, you know, when you click and go to the login page, it should also have kind of like a, you know, uh, uh, register, uh, don't have an account, login, don't have an account, um, uh, I guess, snippet or something where people who are trying to log in but don't have an account can actually um, set up their account. Now, you want to have one of those two things. You Either if you are going to have just a login button, well, just make sure that if somebody clicks on it, then you, below you have, below the login credentials thing, you have a don't have an account, you know, click here to set it up or something like that. Or you want to have a login and a register button right next to each other, which is pretty standard and probably the most typical configuration that you're going to see on different portals, websites, and applications. Now, again, this can... Lead the product to fail? Why? Why would a product fail? Right? Like, why would a product or or and, I, and when I say fail, it it's not necessarily. I'm not referring to necessarily that it just doesn't exist. I'm also talking about monthly recurring revenue growth and overall having, um, you know, uh, an experience where the where the product is actually making regularly and consistently and sustainably making significant amount of revenue and that revenue is growing. Now, when I've seen the stats from MakerLog, I think they're on like like 300 bucks of MRR. And obviously that's good, but still super low. Like that's a really, really uh, low MRR. And I'm not surprised, like I said, because even the basic fundamental stuff like setting up an account are difficult. So you want to make sure you fix those things so that customers and potential customers who are coming to your website and to your application, to your portal quickly and easily are able to set up an account. Now, obviously, you want to offer them many options, things that are good to have, you know, good good to have are things like login with Facebook or set up an account with Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Twitter, like the more options you give to uh, your end users, the better. Obviously, you don't want to overdo it, but you want to use like typical applications that people have to log in or, or, or set up accounts. Um, that you know don 't necessarily uh, involve them cr- creating like a new username or a new password, et etc, so if you can do this that 's good, but if you can 't at least make sure that you have like I said a register page that is easily accessible easily easy to find, so that you don 't lose potential customers who can 't even register on your website now, like I said, I was able to figure it out myself, uh, but mostly because I wanted to like like I, like I said before i 'm um, not a typical user, so I actually wanted to spend some time playing around and experimenting with this product i'm still experimenting a bit with it um, but that's one of the reasons why this product can fail another thing is once i was able to actually set up my account i couldn't add a product, add a product. and i still to this day i haven't been able to add a product now i'm still using and experimenting with this product just because i wanted to play with it for a while now will i continue to use this in the long term i don't know not sure At this stage, I'm not fully convinced by, like I said, some of these things that I'm seeing where I can't even add a product. So, this the whole point of this website is people sharing what they're working on, what they're building, and being able to add a product is a very big thing. Like, this is a very uh, basic user story. Somebody at MakerLog should have already tested this, right? Like, they should have actually created an account, created products. And made sure that it was easy, seamless, a good experience for anyone who's new to the website that is adding this type of thing. Now, like I said, this didn't work for me. Uh, I reached out to them, wasn't impressed by their customer service and the response. Again, this is another reason that I mentioned before why products fail. You need to have excellence in your customer service. This is one of the most basic fundamental things that make products fail. Like, if you don't have good customer service, if you're not treating your customers well, well, why the hell would they come back to you? Why would they continue to use your product? Just think about it. If you were a potential customer, if you were a customer of a of a company, of a product, of a service, and they're not treating you well, would you use it? Would you continue to use it? It's highly unlikely you would, unless you had to, right? Most more likely, you're probably not going to continue to use it. So anyway, long story short, I reached out to them via their, I can't remember, Telegram or their website thing, their Twitter, no response. Like for three days, like for three solid days, I had like no response at all from them. And then out of the blue, they said, okay, yeah, we have um, uh, we didn't realize we, ha- we ha- there was an issue with people creating products. We'll look into it. That's it. Again, like a day or two have passed. Again, no feedback. I have no idea what's going on. Um, so these are things that can cause products to fail. Like I said, this is what, what we're talking about in this episode. And I just wanted to share these two use cases and case studies, uh, real-world case studies, so you can see how products and why products fail. Now, I obviously, I will create probably like a, a uh, an article in the Join Me for Coffee newsletter to talk a little bit more about this, sharing some screenshots and sh- and, and pointing you with arrows to specific features, things that are not working, and why this can cause these two products to fail. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want to convey and I don't want to state here that I think these two products will fail, Drossian and MakerLog. I actually think both of these products are really good, they have a lot of potential, and I'm sure that if the makers and the creators and the entrepreneurs behind these products get these things right, you know, fix these things that are not working, that are essential and fundamental, then, obviously their products are going to grow and they're going to have more revenue, more customers, satisfied customers, better experiences. And all of these is going to lead to, you know, an increase in their growth and in their business revenue and the MRR, et cetera, right? And this is, like I mentioned, some of the essentials and the fundamentals that will allow them to continue to grow over time. Now, this is the reason, like I said, to real world, various recent examples of why products fail. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Bye. All right, guys, that's it for today. I'll see you on the next one. And remember, please share, like, leave a review, or support the Join Me For Coffee podcast. Cheers.